We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. IB Nation Sports Talk is up and rolling along with Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Steyers. Happy Monday after yes. happy day after bowl selection day, college football playoff announcement day and all that. Today's and Portal Monday, baby. It is. It <laughs> is. I tell you what, Vince, um, as you know, I've kind of had a long-standing mantra save it for the show. Like if we start getting into stuff off the air and it's like we start right. up, 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 save it for the show. That's the good stuff. Don't let the good stuff out of the right. Book. The stuff we just talked about before <laughs> we started the show will never go on the show. We never, never have to worry about saving it for the show. So never. That's a little never. inside, but I just thought I would share that because uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing like that particular conversation to get things fired up for the show, right. baby. That's right. I did see, and I see Tommy Guns in the house in the chat here tonight. I saw he started a poll on the IB Champions oh, Lounge. Have you seen this? I have not. I might have to get it on. You're part one. of this poll. Oh, oh, wait a second. Is this the Ryan versus Vince thing? This is the Ryan versus Vince Notre Dame super, pan, super fan knockdown <laughs> drag out. Oh, no. Poll. I'm kind of nervous about what people are going to say. What I want to know about this poll, like, I was a little confused reading it. Like, is this actually, is this just gauge the fandom of one versus the other? Yes. Or is this literally who would beat the other down the hardest to prove that they are the biggest <laughs> Notre Dame fan? What exactly is this poll all about? Because I, quite frankly, couldn't cast my vote because I wasn't sure what the actual parameters of this were. Come on! You know, that kid's younger than you, and he's he a little, a you know, he's a little he's a little wiry and wily. So. He's a lot younger than me, actually. I mean, if we're being honest, he's That's a lot right. younger than me. I mean, let's face it, if we put if we put Ryan and Jesse against you and me, I mean, we would probably be in a world of hurt because, you know, it's like I feel closer, you know, to... AARP. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to check this out. Of course, my password for whatever reason isn't working, so I can't. Ah. Even, I can't even get on there uh, right. at the moment. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it started. They did like a four-hour show uh, yesterday, and I came on at the tail end after this whole thing had already been discussed, and so they were. Basically trying to decide who among the IB staff. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. They were trying to decide who among the IB staff is the biggest 
Notre Dame fan. Okay. Gotcha. And that, and, and that would encompass like rooting for all sports, you know, things of that nature. Here's the answer. Ryan deleted. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> so, and I was not even on the show when they were discussing this. I jump on uh-huh. because Ryan's power goes out. So I'm on for like the last half hour of this four hour marathon show. And I'm seeing in the, in this, in this chat, something about like MMA Ryan versus I'm like, what is going on here? Like what is happening? And so that they decided that he and I would have to duke it out to figure out who the biggest fan was or something along those lines. Yeah. Tyler says he bets Vince has one punch power. One and run. One and run. Yeah. That would be and and we also I used to have one punch power back in that yeah. I actually got the... <laughs> I wouldn't have messed with you back in the day with you. That's stuff you. I probably want to, you know, be known for now. But it, that that yeah, I actually got that nickname when I was in the army for a little bit. And then Did our you really? company commander found out and he wasn't happy about it. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, this guy started started calling me one punch stars. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't have messed with it. you back in the day. You were a state qualifying wrestler. Like you were a dude back in the day. I, I wouldn't have, you know, you fought for our country. Like I'm not going anywhere near you back, you know, back then. No chance. I used to be I used to be lean and mean, but now it's just yeah, I hear you. old and grumpy, I guess. I don't know. Uh Milton fan. You'll be happy to know that I was one of the uh, one, the one that made the question about the oh. So there All you right. go. All right. Yeah, I like Milton. Vince cut Ryan's power to get on the show. I mean, USMA. You Speaking of veterans, USMA eighty-seven. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, I have, I'm not. I'm pleading the fifth on this one. I don't have a whole lot of control over what happens in New Jersey. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'll plead the fifth. All right. Well, Notre Dame's in the Gator Bowl. We're going to talk about Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner and Marcus Freeman's comments on both of them here. Huh? I said, don't worry. We're going to talk about all of those things. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's right. That's right. We got Army, Navy 
coming up. Right. That's one of my favorite Saturdays. 87. A high school teammate of mine on the wrestling team and the football team. Um, USMA 87. I'm assuming that's your graduating class. He would have been, my high school friend would have been a freshman or a plebe. I I think that's what they call the the military academy guys, a plebe in 86, 87. So, yeah. Yeah, he went there. He wrestled there at at West Point. One of my one of my buddies. That's impressive. Yeah, much more impressive than anything I did. Well, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. So Notre Dame's in the Gator Bowl, and again, we're going to talk about. We're, you're going to hear Marcus Freeman's comments on the whole Drew Pine, what happened with that Tyler Buckner and everything else uh, coming up here in a few minutes. Yeah, and they we have confirmation. Freshman does oh, equal plead at, at you. West Point. Yep, all the right. answers today, Styers. <sighs> well. <laughs> Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Oh, wait, I'm wearing – first time I've worn this IB shirt here. Oh, yeah, look at you. Okay. Yeah. Got the the Got the, the fancy one you with the collar on. That's right. Yep. <laughs> so it's Notre Dame, South Carolina. Yep. Both teams eight and four. This is kind of a dream matchup as far as the Gator Bowl, I think, is concerned. And some people are already calling it the Lou Holtz Bowl, you know. Well, which I like. <laughs> yeah. I do. I think that – I think that they would be stupid. To at least not reach out to Lou Holtz to have him come and like flip the coin or be the the grand marshal of the parade or whatever they do surrounding the gate. You've got to get the man involved. If I'm not mistaken, he lives down in Florida too. So, I mean, this is not a stretch to uh, have him be involved with the whole situation. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's, I mean, this is a, this is good. This should be a really good close matchup. Yeah. And the, this whole Notre Dame quarterback situation, quite honestly, could really sway how this thing turns out, depending how it goes. But you've got a South Carolina team. They lost to Arkansas and Georgia in back to back weeks early in the season, kind of back when we thought Arkansas was still yeah. pretty good, but True. still, you know, so they lost to them. Georgia, of course, you can forgive. The other losses are to Missouri and Florida, which kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. But then, of course, they closed the season, kind of ironically, I guess, against two teams who are going to be playing against each other in the Orange Bowl. I mean, you talk a lot of orange. Tennessee and Clemson in Ooh. the Orange Bowl. But that's who South Carolina beat in back-to-back weeks to close out the regular season. So that's a heck of a way to finish the season, especially you considering you're talking about, obviously, Clemson and what they've been in the ACC. I mean, they're in a New Year's Six, and obviously so is Tennessee. But Tennessee, where they were for the first three quarters of the season – and then all of a sudden they kind of came back down to earth there for a little, you know, for the rest of the way. But those are two big time wins. I, I they've got two better wins than Notre Dame has. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And their losses are better than Notre Dame's too. And so, the, the way they beat Tennessee is even more impressive. Yeah. I mean, to put 60 plus points on absolutely. Tennessee with or without Hendon Hooker, I mean, come on. Give me right. a break. No doubt about that. So it's yeah, it, so- it was. There's no doubt about it. I, this is a good matchup for Notre Dame. You know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday on the show, but you've got you've got an eight and four Notre Dame, and we don't need to get into the conversation as to whether this was a successful season or whatever. I I say no, but you have an opportunity to go play in the Gator Bowl, which is a top tier bowl outside of the New Year's Six. Yeah, it's, it is, and you have an opportunity to play a pretty decent SEC team, right? And if you can go in there and you can win this game, you're going to have a 
ton of momentum going into the offseason. And not that they won't have momentum going into the offseason, but winning against an SEC team, they're, they're third place, I think, in the SEC and their division. There's some cachet there. Yeah. There's definitely some cachet. And so I think this is about as good of an opportunity as you could have if you're Notre Dame after what happened in Southern California a couple of weeks ago. Mike says, in his opinion, the only way to beat South Carolina, run the ball, control the clock. I mean, that's kind of that's like, who Notre Dame the is. The only Notre Dame can beat any. The only way they can beat anybody. Yeah, this year almost, you know. But it, I mean, just think about that Clemson game. It, it it's like go back to that and Drew Pine getting the offensive player of the game. He basically got the player of the game for managing the handoffs Correct. as much as possible. It's 85 like... yards, I believe, in that game. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so, again, we've got a lot of time to talk about that. We've got bowl prep, I'm sure, at some point here within the next week or so. Uh, we're going to get some kind of media availabilities. Hopefully, we're going to get to talk to players and coaches and all yep. that kind of stuff. And we'll get the slow trickle of who's making what announcements. And we'll be talking about that specific thing in rapid fire. Marcus Freeman was asked about Michael Mayer and Isaiah Foskey at the uh, Gator Bowl Zoom media conference last night. So we'll let you hear his comments on that. Coming up here in just a second, though, we're going to let you hear his, his Drew Pine Tyler Buckner comments we've got that um but of course hit the like button if you would subscribe rate and review all that good stuff we do appreciate you doing that it does help us out quite a bit i was actually again in the champions lounge and and kind of went down a rabbit hole it was when brian was talking about last week the podcast hit three million downloads for the year already was still a month to go basically at that point the entire month of December, 3 million downloads after last year, it got 1.5 million and people were in there, you know, talking about how they kind of just came on to the show here, like, you know, last summer or last spring and whatever. So continues to grow and we appreciate everyone listening and downloading and doing all that stuff. Absolutely. It blows my mind kind of where we started and to where we're at. And you've been at it from the ground level. Yeah. And and where we will be in the future. You know what I mean? Like this, we haven't hit the wall, I don't think, and uh, there's plenty of other people out there and uh, to, to latch on to and, and bring them the truth. Come on <laughs> down, baby. We got the truth for you. Bring them the truth. Be careful. Now. <laughs> Be careful. Oh. Um, by the way, coming up later this week, look for an interview I have with New York Post sports media columnist Andrew Marshand. He is the co-host of the Marshand and Oran sports media podcast they drop their episodes every wednesday morning so like if you you know if you're if you're into like where the tv contracts are you know like every once in a while they'll bring this kind of stuff up in rapid fire you know like the big 10 contract or you know where the pac 12 might be going and and different you know announcer booths and and things like that you listen to him jimmy train has got a good one as well the si sports media podcast but andrew is going to be with me later this week we talked a lot about the nbc contract going forward his thoughts on if he thinks notre dame is going to be able to keep it if there will be some competition with nbc in the bidding for that contract we talked about jack collinsworth and jason garrett so a lot of different stuff that we were able to hit notre dame specific in that interview we just recorded it this morning and that'll be coming out later this week so 
That'll be fun. I, I'm looking forward to that. You kind of teased with me before we started the show some of the stuff you guys talked about. So yeah. I, I'm excited to sit down with that one. And put it on in the car when I'm going back and forth. You know, that's, that's kind of where I do my thing. So looking forward For to sure. that. For sure. I'm right there with you. Uh, one guy in the transfer portal today joining Drew Pine. And, of course, was there another one later that I missed? Jaden yeah, Bellamy uh, was the one. Who's the other one? Osita Equanu? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So that must have just dropped. And that was like at 5 o'clock. So, I mean, I you're probably say. already in kind of game mode for the show and yeah. and all of that. So I was yeah, eating dinner. Was, I eat dinner yeah. early before the show. You eat after the show. I, I like after, to yeah. sate myself. I got home at about 5.40. So... <laughs> It was kind of a day today over at the ranch, so, yeah. You see, we've already got people chiming in. They don't want them going to ESPN. I mean, it seems like half the schedule's on ESPN anyway, so I don't know. Every time they're on the road, it's either ABC or ESPN. Yeah, I mean, so... if it keeps you independent, you know, does that help? <laughs> it all ended up on ESPN. I mean, look, ESPN is going to have the deepest lottery of people to do the games. You probably won't have... You know, I'm just saying if, if they go to ESPN, it's not going to be the same crew, most likely doing all the home games. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think so either. I think you'd have pretty much a rotating cast, depending on how big the game is and that kind of stuff. Like you could get, you know, Fowler and Herb Street in here at Notre Dame Stadium. If it's one of the bigger games like Notre Dame USC next year, for example, if ESPN had it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're right. I think I, I don't think you'd necessarily have the same crew. So I think that could be good and that could be bad, obviously. I mean, you know, we hear all the disdain over who's doing the games now and who's done the games in the past and all of that, but then you'd have just continued disdain because usually that's more heavy at the beginning of the season and it dies out a little bit as the season wears on. We just we would have just have everybody be mad all the time yeah. if it was on ESPN. So it would just be something for us to talk about, that's for yep. sure. Anthony said, but I enjoyed the women's game this weekend. You're right. And yes, yeah. it is always nice to beat Gino. Olivia Miles named ACC Player of the Week. Right. Deservedly uh, so. This afternoon. Yeah. And we're going to hit that in rapid fire as well. So we've got that to, coming up. We've got all kinds of stuff. Hey, we're gonna talk about. I know we're going to talk about it in rapid fire, but watching that game and watching her specifically. Now, there were times where I was like, come on, don't shoot that. But then there were many other times where it was like, <laughs> She can't be stopped when she's driving the lane. I mean, I know. she is so good at driving the lane and getting to the hoop and finishing around the basket. It is And there fun are a couple angles that she took them. Yes. Like, kind of like you were saying, it's like some of them go, but then there were others. It's like, yeah, but, you yeah. know, it's like she just comes up with this. She gets in the lane, and it's like her body starts going in these different directions. And, yeah, I mean, it goes more times than it doesn't. So Absolutely. And she gets to the line, and she does those things, too, and – She's a leader and and she's a fiery individual, which I really like. And so she's going to be fun to watch for the next couple of years. I, I oh, hope yeah. that she doesn't leave early and go to the WNBA, which obviously is always a possibility. But I, she's fun to watch. I, I've really sure. enjoyed her. And, and I think coming in early, which is something that nobody really does basketball-wise, I think has really helped her game because she got the thick of the ACC season that year. And it was right. basically for fun. More or less. So, and that's what I was talking to somebody before the season started, and I accidentally called her a junior because of that, because yeah. that was basically her extended freshman year. Yeah. You know? So she's what still a, a great opportunity right now. Even I'm surprised more people haven't. I'm surprised more people haven't taken advantage of that. Yeah. Or if that's even possible. You know what I mean? It is possible. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard that there might be a prominent player doing that this year. Okay. Yeah. Look at that. 
Yeah. All right. Hmm. Hmm. I like it. Well, I'll save Larry's comment for later. <laughs> um. hard, hard to watch <laughs> if you were anybody but a Cowboys fan, that's for sure. Oh, man. Whew. Well, how about Marcus Freeman? Shared a few thoughts on yeah. Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner in his Gator Bowl uh, Zoom media conference last night. He was... He was asked what the conversation was, kind of how that went with Drew Pine. And, uh, you know, how he'll look back on what Pine did for the Irish this season. So I'll let you hear that right now. Drew was tremendous. And, uh, you know, you hate to see him leave and uh, enter the portal. But um, as I told him in our meeting, you know, uh, what he's done for our program, the ability for him to step in uh, week, two, you know, obviously the end of week two versus Marshall and then throughout the season, he did a tremendous job, you know, and, and you know, we had a conversation this week, um, myself and Drew, as, as well as many of the other players that we have on our team in terms of, you know, our intentions, my intentions into, uh, you know, at certain positions, look for transfer and, and, and I'm always looking for ways to enhance our roster. And uh, I always want to be upfront and honest. And I was with Drew and told him that, you know, we would possibly look at, at taking a transfer quarterback and um, I did not want him to, to leave. Um, but, you know, he made the decision to enter the portal and, and I definitely respect his decision. Didn't want him to leave, uh, but he is, sure. you know, he respects his decision. And I, so I, it's a second or third time I've heard it. I think at least the third time I've heard it. I don't know how many times you've heard it, Vince. What do you think? It's the second time I heard it. I heard it live, and now I've heard it here. Uh, I Overall, I thought that Marcus Freeman was very open and honest. And diplomatic. Of course, of course. Look, he's learned his lesson, I think, a little bit as far as being too open and honest. But I, I still think he's more open than a lot of head coaches sure. out there. And, uh, you know... Of course, he would have loved to keep Drew Pine in the mix. Drew Pine adds depth to what you want to do at the quarterback position. Drew Pine, and I've said this all along, Drew Pine is a perfect number two quarterback. He's perfect because he's there for the right reasons. He's there to get his degree. He loves Notre Dame. He's a fiery guy. He's always going to be prepared. You know, all of that. He is the perfect number two quarterback. He's just not athletically gifted enough to be the number one quarterback full-time at Notre Dame. And their number one quarterback went down with injury. He stepped up. Stepped I, up. I, you know. Performed admirably. Loss. Performed yeah. admirably during Absolutely. the season. It was everything. You, yes. I won't say everything that you're looking for, because obviously from a, you know, performance standpoint, was there room for improvement? Yes. But again. Of course. Like, you know, we were told Friday that we beat this guy up all year. We I don't think we beat him up at all. Again, no. I think I think when he deserved constructive criticism or even you know maybe a little bit more than constructive we we criticized him but we also praised him very heavily early on when he was having a lot of success absolutely and deservedly so on both ends okay Mm -hmm. and but at the end of the day you have to remember he's a backup quarterback you got eight and two out of a backup quarterback you know at the end of the day I think Notre Dame fans can be very thankful for what he was able to do for Notre Dame and the fact that he's transferring again the fact that he is transferring is not the surprising news. It's the fact that he's transferring when he's transferring. Yes, and that's that's the biggest thing, no matter, you know, because, again, Marcus Freeman is never going to throw a player under the bus. And hearing that comment based on 
things that we have heard about maybe what actually <laughs> probably went down in this whole situation, again, which we're not going to necessarily air out here, but things that, that we have heard that we have every reason to believe, I think that Marcus, you know, again, Marcus Freeman's not going to throw the player under the bus. But right. to me, you know, again, this is probably never going to be talked about publicly, but knowing what we know about how thing, you know, specifics about it, how things went down, I think it's disappointing. It's very mm-hmm. disappointing what Drew Pine has decided to do Agreed. right now because he gave us every reason. You know, I, I completely respected what he did the last two years, competing for the job with Jack Cohn. He didn't get it. You know, he stayed in there. He was the team guy. He stepped up for his team a couple of times against Wisconsin and Cincinnati when his team needed him, when Jack Cohn was ready. And, you know, they kept playing Tyler Buckner. He went back to the bench and then he went through another competition this fall didn't win the competition and then ultimately because of injury he gets on the field and he was you know again at least able to elevate his play enough that they went eight and two with drew pine as a starting quarterback despite his limitations but all the things that he said and did about what notre dame means to him what the team specifically means to him and all those different things i just i a lot of sheen is lost off off all of that. Yeah, based on the way he is leaving his team in the lurch in the lead up to bowl game preparation. Now, I agree. That's what I, he's doing. He's quitting on yeah. his team because things didn't go his way. Yes, and and it was the quickest exit. And he'll rationalize it. You know, when uh, eventually he's going to give an interview and he's going to talk to people and whatnot. He'll rationalize it that look, I was going to transfer at the end of the season anyway. And I wanted to make sure that all the, you know, when the music stopped, there was going to be a chair for me. You know what I mean? And I, to a degree, I get that to a degree. Okay. But at at the same time, again, I get being disappointed and all that stuff, but right. Are you, are you really with your team or not? Exactly. And that, that, and, and that's an old school mentality that I share with you. Right. I share that old school mentality and I'm not going to apologize for having that. That's just how I, was raised as an athlete and that's what I believe. And, and it feels like he abandoned his team. Now there's also word out there that the, the staff told him that if Tyler Buckner is hundred percent healthy, he's going to start. And I don't know how true that is or how untrue that is. And there is the adage that as a coach, I don't disagree with that you can't be replaced because of injury. And if you are hundred percent healthy, like if he would have become hundred percent healthy in week 10, are you starting Tyler Buckner? Right. You know what I mean? You know, the other part of this is they are bringing in a, a a transfer quarterback, you know, as long as they, they find the right fit that they're looking for. They're, they're going, they're very much more active in the transfer portal this year. So if you are bringing a guy in, and Tyler Buckner is healthy, and you have an actual game to play him in before that transfer gets here, don't you want to see him in action one more time when your team is at a much different place right now compared to where they were, what, 14 weeks ago now, 15 weeks ago at the start of the season when he played against Ohio State and Marshall? Yeah, absolutely. I I know I do. I mean, I'll speak for myself. I, I, I think that you know, Tyler Buckner is getting a, the raw end of the deal based, you know, everybody judging how he played behind the offensive line that was there in weeks one and two. 
I would love to see him behind the offensive line that is now constructed at Notre Dame. And I would love to see him handing off to the running back, the, you know, the stable of running backs that have now established themselves the way that they are now at the end of the season. Because now the whole thing does not have to be on his shoulders the way exactly. it clearly was for a game and a half, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm excited personally. I want to see what Tyler, Bar- and I don't want to put it all on one game. But at the same time, I think he's going to open some eyes of some people that think that yeah. he's worthless. I, I mean, Derek brings up a fair point here. He says, you're okay with Mayer and Foskey sitting out because it's in their best interest. Leaving is best for Drew Pine. Now, we talked a lot about this on Friday. And this is before knowing, you know, some of the other details right. that you and I know now. And, you know, probably some others as well know right now. Just, you know, just again, like how the whole thing shook out i i still think there's a difference i i think there's a you know and one mayor and foskey haven't opted out yet do we think they're going to sure but they, they you know they haven't opted out yet but and, and so, you know, in, in general these are guys who are Lug, looking out for their, these guys aren't what's gonna, that I, I, I don't anthony at the buys no mayor patterson lug maybe Lindsay. i don't see those guys opting out i'm sorry maybe i'll be wrong at the end of the day i just don't see the offensive lineman opting out i don't yeah. But anyway, sorry to cut you off. I apologize. No, no, that's okay. But I just, I get what he's saying, but this is literally like those guys, I think, you know, Mayor and Foskey, I think will still be around their team, you know, even if they do decide to opt out of the bowl and, and get ready for the NFL. I, I, I just, I think there's a difference, especially specifically the way Drew Pine has done this. And again, Marcus Freeman was not going to single him out in public about right how it apparently went down but there's a difference right. i think yeah there's no a absolutely. there's a difference in in just completely quitting on your team basically yeah and and he was the starting quarterback it's this not is, this like is basically to me this is this is like the jv guy got elevated because your varsity guy you know got got the yeah. injury and now your jv guy who has who at times performed like a varsity guy but at other sure. times performed like a below average JV guy. Like he fully thinks that, that like in his mind, apparently his whole season was that high varsity level when right. that's not what it is. So he's the, he's the JV guy who thinks he's supposed to be up there with the varsity. And I, I mean, again, you know, look like if, if, if his season was a graph, you would see a lot of peaks and valleys oh, yeah. on that graph. Right. And if he, if he thought that the the keys to the Notre Dame football team was going to be just handed to him going into next year, I mean, that's just well, not that realistic. Too. That's yeah. just not realistic. And he, I understand he was upset that they're bringing in a transfer. And he's uh, he's probably upset that, you know, Tyler Buckner probably would have gotten the start over him in the bowl game. Okay. You could be upset. Let that drive you to compete, you know, or I, I don't know. I, is that's what if is is transferring best for Drew Pine? At the end of the day, yes, I believe that it is. But it's also best for him to do that on December thirty first, right? Not exactly, now. exactly. So, and if, it out. and if people are saying that he's that the music's going to stop and he's not going to have a chair if he played in the bowl game, that is nonsense. That's nonsense. Yeah. If a team he wants can enter Drew the, Pine, he can enter. He can still enter the portal right yes. now and be with his team. Yes, you know, and still play. Right. If you wanted to. Exactly. Just because you enter the portal doesn't mean that that you have to be completely done with your team. I think probably a lot of guys who are entering the portal 
right now are like don't have games to play so you know that's why you're right. seeing a lot of these names and a lot of them are you know like these mac guys and and stuff like that and tommy guns makes a good point you know should drew have been recruited at notre dame in the first place you know again we've talked about this the disparity in the right. level of quarterbacks that they have and tommy says the fact that he was good enough to achieve second string status at notre dame speaks volumes and you know that's if you really want to be a championship program, that's that's the I biggest agree. place that the, I, the program has to elevate is what's going on with the quarterback. Yep, and I and I think that I said when uh, we heard that Drew Pine was going to transfer, my initial thoughts were, "That's awesome. He's going to have an opportunity to to land probably where he should have landed in the first place." Yeah, and and that is honestly what I believe. I think he's a you know a mid tier Big Ten you know type quarterback, if not a little bit lower. But he's going to have to have pieces and parts around him any any team that thinks he's going to be able to come in and put the team on his shoulders is i mean they're fooling themselves right they can look at eight and two at notre dame they can do all these different things but i mean the reality is you have to know what you see on film he can be a great leader on your team he can be a great leader Uh, i would if i was a coach and i was in search of a quarterback and i was at Rutgers or Illinois or you know name your mid-tier IU for example yeah I'm taking a long hard look at Drew Pine absolutely because he brings a lot of intangibles he's got power five experience now yes he's got 10 power five starts under his you know but other name obviously is an independent but still you know they're they're part of the power five you know that's yeah he's he's got he's got that experience he's got 10 starts under yep. his belt and there are a lot of those kind of programs like you just mentioned that could do a lot worse yes absolutely correct because let me tell you folks elite quarterback play is not something that is common okay so there's plenty of oppor- there's going to be plenty of opportunities for drew pine right so marcus freeman went on with uh, pine leaving he was asked what the plans are for the quarterback uh, during the bowl now that um, Drew Pine is gone. So here's what Freeman said the bowl plans are. Three quarterbacks on the roster. You have Tyler Buckner, um, Steve Angeli, and Ron Paulus. And uh, all um, have been practicing the past two days that we practiced and uh, could, could see any three of the three play. They'll all be ready to play. And I do think it's, it's of course, um, worth noting that both head coaches, Shane Beamer was also on this call. So it's not like Marcus Freeman was going to come out and say, yeah, it's definitely going to be Tyler Buckner, you know? <laughs> but, well, you know, as soon as he said Ron Paul is the third, I think we all knew that probably wasn't going to happen. But another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is going to be a great opportunity, obviously for Tyler Buckner, but also for for Steve Angeli. I mean, he's going to get he's going to get number two reps, and <clears throat> we talk all the time about how when you're when you're doing bowl prep and you're doing all of those things, you get a lot of younger guys involved. They're they're not going to be putting Tyler Buckner off to the side and letting Angeli get the first team reps. That's just, that. Let's be realistic here. They want yeah. St- they want uh now you're going to disappoint some people with that Vince. I know that, but that's <laughs> that's the reality. They want they want TB to get as many reps as humanly possible during this time period and I don't care if he's throwing two dummies. I don't <laughs> care. He he's getting a ton of reps behind Well, they threw the managers in fall camp. So That is true. <laughs> and he'll continue to do that, I'm sure. But I want to, you know, He's going to get plenty of opportunities, and and Angeli's going to get his opportunities. He's going to get the number two reps, which is probably what he should be getting at this point. He's still a true freshman. Let's not forget that. So it's going to be. I'm looking forward to the bowl game, if not for a million of other reasons. Tyler Buckner. Yeah. Dalton says a lot of people give it up on Buckner pretty quickly, and you know, again, that's something we talked about on Friday's show. And then P-Dub says, is this current quarterback room the worst in Notre Dame history? And it's, you know, it goes back to the Tyler Buckner thing where, you know, we're basing everything on, you know, just like we had the guy on Friday who wanted to tell us because Drew Pine completed 88% of his passes or whatever against USC. He had a great season, totally disregarding 48% against Stanford right. and, you know, and a couple other 50 and sub 50, you know, it, 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 it came out 10 starts. He had five starts that were 70% or better five starts that were 50% or worse, or, you know, like right. in the fifties, 52% or something like that or worse. So again, like if the season was a graph, they would be up right. and down, but, right. but you go back to Tyler Buckner. We've only got to see him <laughs> in two games, not even and, two, like one and a half. Yeah. One and a half. And, and, the offensive line, I won't say it was a mess at that point, but it was it was below average at that point. We were oh, all yeah. very disappointed in that line. They could not run the football, remember. Mm-hmm. And so there were things that Tyler Buckner, as, as you said, he couldn't just be a quarterback. He had to go out there yeah. and run. They were getting – he had over 300 yards, I think it was, off the top of my head. In, in the two – no, well, it wasn't 300. But he had a lot of rushing yards is my point. Mm-hmm. in in a couple of games because he had to do so much with his legs because they weren't able to run the ball otherwise without right. it right no absolutely and i i do want to address mike's comment here uh and and it caught my eye because it says vince at the front uh it says okay vince what if he goes out and gets hurt again i'm sorry in my opinion save him till next year and then he also says i'm the biggest tyler buckner fan you can't coach that way you you can't coach i hope he doesn't get hurt because what if you save him for next year and he gets hurt in game one? Yeah, you, you can't you can't think that way. Because if you think that way, then what's the point of playing any of the games? Because you have an opportunity to get hurt all the time. It's football. There's yeah, 
there's a chance to get hurt. There's a chance your career could end on any given play because right. it's football. And Absolutely. if the doctors say that he is 100% and he's clear to play, it doesn't matter if you sit him for this game or, or just what you're talking about. You could go to game number one of next season and he could get hurt right away Right. once again. If you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. The only, the only time when. that an injury status would come into play on whether I play a guy or not is if he's already injured and he could injure himself more. Right. And it's also important to remember this is his non-throwing shoulder. That's also so correct. Yeah. He's not risking like messing up his throwing arm. Now, I mean, you know, he's already injured one shoulder, so he's going to have some issues with that for the rest of his life, sure. whether he thinks about it now Speaking or not. Trust me, that's something yeah. Yeah, who's had surgeries on both of his his shoulders and, and has back problems and all that kind of stuff from the good old days of, you know, the glory days of, of high school and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, you, yeah, as, as someone said, decoff 18, you can't put this kid in bubble wrap. You can't put right. any of them in bubble wrap. And again, it's like you want him to be a hundred percent healthy, but the fact that it is not his throwing shoulder, I do think has to carry a little bit of extra weight. As well, and I think that that's probably part right. of why he's been able to recover so quickly because there's a lot less right. use with that shoulder as opposed to your dominant arm. Right, and I think that's big. If this was his throwing shoulder, there's no way he would be ready to go right now. Yeah. None. And but that's why you have doctors and support staff and all of that to inform the head coach that hey, he's 100 ready to roll. Then you have to take their word for it and you have to throw him out there. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that want Steve Angeli to be the quarterback for whatever reason, because he's probably the most popular guy on the field because he's the backup quarterback. He's still a true freshman. And if I have an option between Tyler Buckner and Steve Angeli, there is no question in my mind who I'm putting on the field. Yeah. Tyler Buckner, period. Steve yeah. Angeli has this many passes as a college quarterback in a game. Zero. All right. I'm sorry. Going with Buckner. Charlie Weiss in his belt loop with a super chat. How do we go from Brady Quinn, Clawson, et cetera, to Angeli and Paulus? Insane how terrible quarterback recruiting has been. I mean, even Tyler is a big what if. I mean, he is he is a what if to an extent. I think the injury kind of clouds some things because I've said this a couple of times before no matter what happened this season, if Tyler Buckner had been able to stay healthy, you were going to get a full season of experience. So we would have, just like we have with Drew Pine right now, we would actually have a full season worth to go on this guy. And we would have a much better picture of what he is right now. Chances are Tyler Buckner was going to grow at some point. Again, especially once the running game got better and the offensive sure. line got better and all those different yeah. things. And he would have had Michael Mayer out there as well. Um, you know, but to answer the question, I mean, it's not like they haven't had Everett Golson. There's Deshaun a lot of quarterbacks Kaiser. in between there. I mean, that yeah, was almost 20 years guys. ago, by the way. Right. When those guys were on campus. But I mean, it is a fair point. The quarterback yeah. development, you know, because like even Ian Book for like what Ian Book did, I mean, you can still make the case, you know, was he really, you know, what, what, I, I don't think his development was a linear no. path either. You know, no. there, there were there were a lot of turns in that. Yeah, no, he he was arguably he was his best self that second half of the 2018 season when he became the mm -hmm. starter. I mean, stat wise, he absolutely was, you know, and I think the offense was very conducive to what he wanted to do and what he's good at and all of those things. So, 
I mean, I, I think the development is a major issue. I do. And Weiss in his belt loop with another super chat. Freeman should have pulled Coach Prime, tell the media he has a Louis Vuitton luggage on his way for the quarterback room. I mean, I don't think he's gone that far. But again, you're, you know, like we've got some more comments that you're going to hear from Marcus Freeman. There are conversations that he's had with this team. And I think that there are, you know, Drew, Drew Pine might have been a hard conversation. I don't, I don't think that Marcus Freeman, based on what we had seen and heard from Drew Pine all season long, I don't think that he thought that that was going to be as hard as what it turned out being. Right. But it was, you know, it was to some extent a hard conversation. And there are other conversations with these guys going on. I think that they're ready to move on from some guys with remaining eligibility, kind of along the lines of what Deion Sanders was was telling Colorado kids out there. You know, hey, if if you're not in this thing and you're not going to be on the same page with us we've got other pages that we can yep. turn and we can bring in new luggage and and i think we're going to see that this offseason i completely agree with you and you're going to see you know you're going to see a lot of people with remaining eligibility not part of the football team next year whether they transfer whether they're just not playing football or whatever the case may be and there's going to be a lot of names that are going to surprise some people because of those tough conversations mm-hmm. that the coaching staff has been having with some of the players, you know, you're going to see sophomores and juniors and things of that nature and guys that have played that aren't going to be on this team anymore. And it's all part of building the culture. We got spoiled last year when Notre Dame made the hire of Marcus Freeman, just a shade over a year ago, that there weren't a bunch of defections because they all wanted to be a part of the great Marcus Freeman experiment. You're going to, that is not the case. This offseason, there there is some hard realities that are going to strike for some of these kids. And it's not because they're bad kids. It's not, you know, it's just they're not a fit for what right. some of these coaches want to do. No. They're not a fit. Well, and especially when you do have these this recruiting class that's stacked up and ready Absolutely. to come in. It's like if you're at, at, at the lower end already and you've got higher end talent coming in it's just it's it's in your best interest if you want the notre dame degree i guess you can stay around but that also complicates things in terms of roster management and all that kind of stuff but if you really want to play and you want an opportunity it's better for you probably just to move on at this point yep i and you know again it's a hard reality but if the players can jump ship at the drop of a hat then the coaches should be able to do the same thing with some of the guys be like, Hey, you know yep. what? This isn't working out. Yep. And crystal says, you know, just need to weed out the average players. And I would say the average players in some average attitudes. There you as go. Well. As I say, it's not just about the play on the field either. It's right. about building a culture, the way that Marcus Freeman wants to build that culture. And it's, I, it's different than what Brian right. Kelly's culture. And that's was. a year later. Right. I think that re- he really has a vision of what this program is going to be under Marcus Freeman. And I, you know, this is, yeah. I think you can argue that this will probably be the most important offseason that he has right now because yep. this is his first offseason. Absolutely. And you know, where it goes now, it's it's yes. it's all on him now. This is 100% his program. Yeah. He is he has seen things throughout the season. He knows what he wants, he knows mm-hmm. what he doesn't want, and he knows mm-hmm. that it's it's Fisher cut bait time again with a lot of the, you know, guys and mentalities. Right. And I'm telling you some of the names that I heard over the past couple of days was like, "Oh, okay." Like surprising to me but at the same time when you think about it it's like okay well maybe not so surprising and good for marcus freeman 
you know, and good for the staff for making that change because it's all going to benefit everybody, the kid included, mm-hmm. in the long run, in my opinion. Right. So I and and the way that they're going to do it also is the right way to do it. So I can't really say a whole lot more than that, but the right. way that they're going to do it is a good way. So you know, be, yeah, because there are there are coaches and programs who will just pull a scholarship and tell Correct. you to get lost, and they're not doing that. They're again, they're having the tough conversation with the player. They're letting the player ultimately make the decision. And again, right. Drew Pine had a decision to make. It's the timing of the decision Correct. that I think is the biggest distress to me. I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Tyler Buckner. Full go, you know, he's been practicing the last couple of practices and he is he is gearing up, getting ready for the Gator Bowl. So <laughs> it seems like it's been pointing to that, you know, because remember before the USC week when you asked him about Tyler Buckner and he said, hey, we haven't made a decision yet. But obviously they were, you know, things were pointing to Tyler Buckner is going to be back at some yeah. point. And now here he comes. And he's full go. So, you know, they're not holding back and – Again, I'm excited to see Tyler Buckner play in this game because it's not just about this game. It's about another opportunity for him to prove to this coaching staff that he is still a viable option as a starting quarterback at Notre Dame. I mean, you have a whole game to do that, which correct. if you hold him out to next year, now you're just talking about spring practice and all that. He has an opportunity to show them, and you can't put everything on one game, but it's another it's another box to check, right? It's, a, it's another part of the equation. Because my guess, I could be wrong, my guess is that they're going to bring in a transfer quarterback before the bowl game. So you're going to have an opportunity to show something on the field before that guy even gets an opportunity. Good for him, you know? So this is all part of the evaluation process moving forward. That's what this is. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.